Okay. So, so first of all, it's good to be back again after uh, we missed a week. Uh, I guess I should give a special uh, thank you and shout out to Rabbi Shuchat, who uh, gave me a shout out uh, in a share earlier this week on uh, regards to the topic that I want to discuss. So the topic I want to discuss, even though you've, I'm sure you've been learning it, you're a cheer from Rabbi Shuchat, has to do with the Indian of Petsua Daka. But I'm going to try to approach it from uh, an interesting angle. Um, so Petsua Daka, as we know, the basic, uh, I'm going to go through some of the basic makayas in a second, but we know Petsua Daka is someone who has some kind of injury in their reproductive organs, and that's makes, according to the Torah, one of the lavim, one of the leisah says in the Torah, Pashat is, Hashem, they cannot marry. So Evan Ezer, Simon Hay, is the beginning of Evan Ezer is going through the checklist. Someone comes to marry. You want to know, they're, are they allowed to marry? Are they call? So this is one of the things you have to ask along the way. Um, but as we shall see, the details and specifically how a certain major halacha seemingly of Pitsuadaka, how it fits the science, how it fits the Metzias, is actually a major, major question that we will get into. Um, there are some sides, you know, parenthetical points that I could uh, mention along the way. Of course, I think Abishuk had also mentioned there's the famous question of the spelling of Daka, Daka with an Aleph, Daka with a He. Be uh, its own interesting uh, discussion, but that's not uh, directly negated to this. Um, another, uh, another stylistic note um, there's this question of pronunciation of the word beitza versus beya. So some people go to one extreme and seches beya, everything is uh, pronounced that way. Some people say forget it. Even in their own uh, casual conversation, they use the word with a tzaddik uh, in every situation, so it doesn't matter if they're, uh, if they're learning. Um, I always found the whole uh, Zahiris interesting. We're going to talk about what's the pshat, if the way people understand it, that it's either, either all or nothing, that it's across the board or never mind. What's talk of the pshat? Why would you want to avoid saying the word stamaze when you're talking about Masechus Be'ah? So, really, for many years, I've had the, I've argued, I don't know if it's 100% proven, but the vart was always that it's only a zahir, it's only a sensitivity, when you're speaking in this context, when you're speaking about human anatomy, then there's a, an art to be nizer in how one speaks, because we see how people in casual conversation will use that part of the body, sometimes in a joking way, and they throw the word around, and we know in English, in every language, there's uh, expressions that are based on it. Yen er hot, yen hot nisht, the chadayma. So there's, there's a, a, a culture of being um, not very uh, polite in that context. So with regards to that, it makes sense. There should be a zahiris, not to be uh, you know, so coarse. So it makes sense when you're, with regards to that, with reference to that. So... To me, it always made sense to say that the whole Zahidus Taka only applies in this context, and not when we're talking about Beit uh, Sashanel So, 
personally, that's kind of the distinction that I've uh, gone with. So for the purposes of this discussion, I will say it the way wherever the marshal that says that uh, this is a hiddus. Anyway, um, so we, there are different terms, as we shall see. There's confusion among the terms. We're talking about pitsuadaka. There's a more general term in Lashon Hakodesh, a sonis, someone who can't have children, usually often has something to do with injuries to their reproductive organs. And uh, of course, the concept of a sonis has its own interesting history. Um, there's uh, a uh, non-Torah article, an article called, uh, sorry, not this, but uh, an article on the topic of the history of essentially uh, what we're going to discuss, and nitl habeya, or nitl habeyim, the removal, or the technical English term for it is an orchidectomy, apparently. Um, so there's an article that talks about the history, which is going to be negate to something that I want, we're going to get to uh, shortly. But uh, in the course of explaining that point, which I'll get to, gives a broader history, right? So you have, it starts with Tanakh, Tak and Tanakh, you have in Sefer uh, Vayikra, Muroyach Oshech, so there's that reference to Kehanim and that being a mum, if they have uh, a problem there. Then you have the other Pasuk in uh, Dvarim, about Tzuadaka. Then, of course, you have the word Saris many times throughout Tanakh. Uh, Saris, not uh, referring to it in a halachic context, but just as a cultural thing that within the culture, people uh, looked around, there are certain people that were identified, oh, that person is a Saris. So, what exactly does that mean? So it implies that there's something different about their uh, reproductive organs, perhaps that something was done to them on purpose. We get the sense from Gelasaster, from other places, that Sarisei uh, HaMelech, that uh, the royal courts tended to have people like this, and it seems to have been done by Kavana, right? So commonly, typically, uh, the way it's said is that, you see specifically, especially in Gelasaster, where the Sarisim are involved with uh, the Beis Hanoshim, so the assumption is that perhaps they did it deliberately because the royals have so many nashim and pilakshim, so to avoid the extra unnecessary drama. So either you go and you uh, completely remove all of their organs so the pachlal, they can't chap at heb or perhaps you leave the main part but you remove the ability to have children. So you want to stam fool around at Zainzach, but at least it won't, be, it won't cause uh, problems with uh, illegitimate children. So that's some of the context you see when it comes to that history. And um, so this some are mentioned in Mitzrayim, in Sefer Bereshus, and uh, even by the kings of Yehuda and Yisrael, you see in Sefer Malachim and Sefer Devarayim, I mentioned Sarisim. We don't always know. Is that every time it says a Saris, does Ataka mean that they were in a status, or does Saris sometimes just mean Sarisim? It just uh, means the officials. Maybe it's not 100% clear, but you do see the term used a lot. Of course, Miguel Asaster, Shashka, Srisamalach, Shemra Noshim, Shemra Pilagsha. The Christians have their own uh, relationship with that. Historically, there were some Christians or some Gahalten that you have to go all the way, and uh, they were Messiahs themselves, but that's apparently not considered uh, mainstream. Anyway, that's Lahavdal. Um, In ancient Rome, we know a lot about ancient Rome, aside from Chazal, aside from already, it's already documented history. And uh, apparently in, uh, in Rome, they actually differentiated between different sarisim and what exactly happened to them to make them a saris. So it says there's one term for those 
that their uh, private parts were pressed, another term for those that were crushed, another for those that were removed, which taka corresponds to those psukim, you know, which refers to different scenarios. So you see that, even though Rome is much later than psukim, but you see this awareness and distinction between different sorts of citizen and different sorts of p'tsua daka, essentially. Um, and then, you know, the role and the context that uh, Sudism had, and then, you know, in China, China practiced uh, this till very, very recently, as long as there were kings in China, apparently, almost till 120 years ago, they still had Sudism, it was still a thing that was done, there's, uh, there's documentation, even uh, photographs of Sudism in China from uh, 100 and something years ago. And then, of course, in Italy, you had the, the singers, the castrati, that uh, also somehow ended up uh, without uh, this part of their body, and it affected their voice. I guess it happened to them at a young age, so they never, I guess, went through uh, puberty properly, whatever the case may be, and their, the quality of their voice was considered to be different, and someone just sent me that uh, there's a recording. There's like one recording of the last Italian castrati. You could actually hear what uh, someone like that sounded like. So there's a... Some of this history is actually, in a way, fairly recent. Like here, like I'm saying, here in China, here in Italy, you could still see uh, some of these older musagim of what a vasasaris is. And of course, today you hear in contexts where uh, someone commits uh, terrible crimes, and people say, "Oh, you know what they should do to this guy?" Uh, you hear people still uh, bring it up. And uh, I think it was the end of uh, two years ago, I gave a shir about uh, Shaila, that uh, the father of all the shachats. Uh, of Dov Yehuda Shachat, who was a Rav in Basel, he sent a Shailat and Amar Rabbanim about someone who was mamish uh, in, in, in Basel, who was mamish a pest, mamish uh, a predator, and he was just uh, assaulting people nonstop, children, it was a terrible situation, and the ungenumina practice at the time in uh, Northern Europe, or whatever, was to actually go through with castration. So that is also something, uh, an actual example of how this was used and implemented in a more modern context of how to deal with someone as a problem. Obviously, more recently, the context that uh, we probably spoke about it more here is the medical context in which people have different medical issues which lead to something happening in that area. But just to have a broader concept of what we're talking about. And Pitsuadak is coming from a context either of random injuries or random birth defects, or perhaps some of these uh, cultures are where there are Messiahist people for different reasons. But I'm going to, um, still going to need this later to discuss the, uh, another example of, of being Messiahist that's going to be negated to our discussion. So I now I want to go through some of the basic Makaitis because, as we shall see, once we get to the discussion, there's you know, some confusion among the Achreinim. So just to make sure, even though I'm sure most of you or all of you have more or less gone through the Makaitis, but let's just take a look for a second. So the first Makar after the Pasuk, of course, is in Parak and Yuvamis, Parak Ches, Parak and the context is, who can eat truma, who can eat truma, so aru v'chalatmeim lo yechlu b'truma, neshem avden yechlu b'truma, then it goes from there into p'tzua daka chrus shavcha, the people with these injuries, hein avadei and yechelu, so if they're a kayan, they can eat truma, they're avadim who belong to them, are this, they can also eat truma, neshehen lo yechlu, the wives, so interestingly, that they're, we're assuming they have wives, the wives shouldn't eat. So, zakta b'vadim b'artenura, why? Uh, because he's a Kayan, and she's an Asian Kayan, but they weren't supposed to be married, and he wasn't supposed to be with her. That's Layavai. 
and he's a chakayin. So the shavi chalala beviyasei to nivel al apostolah. She becomes a chalala from that interaction. So now she's a chalala. She can't eat shuma. And what if they weren't together from when he became a Petsuadaka? It's interesting, the mission is also acknowledging a concept where maybe he was married first and then he became a Petsuadaka. The way the Rav says, uh, yeah, and it's assuming they're still somehow married, but they're avoiding this Isser of being Bala. So then they could eat. So it's all pashat din on whether they were uh, together or not. And the Rambam writes, "Vayedata in the Pirush Mishnah, she put tzuadaka chroshavcha bilos and bilas nos." Even if they're able to do a bila, because it's just a tzuadaka, but uh, that uh, they shouldn't. It's a bilas nos. From there, the Mishnah goes into discussing. So that was the context in Yevamis. I was talking about Kehanim and then these types of the, this discussion. From there, it goes into this general question: Ezu tzuadaka kol shenivtsu habeim shaloi vafilu achas mehen. So, if his beim are injured, including if only one was injured. This is going to be very important. This is going to be the big discussion. Then it goes on to say, They can marry the types of people that a mamzer can marry. They just can't be Baba Kol as a regular person. So, some information here, not... Not a clear picture. The Rambam in Sefer Kedusha, Chosesuri Bia, Perek Tazayin, goes into greater length, summing up the sugis, the fi shitasai, as we'll see, he has a certain shita and certain pratim that other Yishanim disagree with. He says, Psuadaka, Shinasu Basisrol, Ubalu, Laken, you get Malkus, Shinam, the other Psuadaka, Choshafcha. So they're able to do a bila, but they shouldn't. And uh, they can marry a Gyaris Meshachreres. And even a Kayan of a Psuadaka can marry a Gyaris Meshachreres, Shayenu Bektushasai. Etc. And then he goes into the details. So, so the Mishnah only mentioned, uh, I believe, Pitsua. Uh, Here the Ram starts going through different uh, scenarios. So if they were completely cut, injured, crushed, it's missing. It's a hole. Etc. Harei's apostle. These are all variations, varieties of Petsuadaka. Also, So there are many, many different scenarios, any injury essentially, to even one of them is a Petsuadaka. Then the Ramam says that all of this is If someone went and cut it, or the dog, or it's an accident, but if Noilad Petsuadaka, Noilad or even if he had them and then he had an illness on his own and it just, he lost it. Or the Rishchin, etc. So there's some kind of exception if it's all Bidei Shemaim, in which the Ram includes if there was a Choyli. So you have the case of Mishnah. The case of Mishnah, signed to the Gemara. We're not going to try, not going to get we're going to try not to get too into the weeds with the different sugis, but uh, he mentions that uh, there's So what does that mean exactly? Because we keep on saying even be'achas is, uh, is is a p'tzuadaka, and also he's equating it. He's using the word. We didn't use the word sardis until now. Here he's using the word uh, interchangeably with uh, sardis. 
So Zok, the Kasa Mishnah, that one Mahalach of teaching it is that this is the mark of the Bidei Shemayim. The idea that if it's Bidei Shemayim, then he's kosher. For who had done the shtein? The taka was nothing to do with one or two, but just chasel the gamer eloy shchiach. That's a shchiach to to be missing two. So the anger chapt one, but the var wasn't the one or the two. The var was the bidei shemayim, and that's where the ramam got this din of bidei shemayim. And uh, there's also a finish of and Amr Shmuel, but Suadak of Shemayim Kosher. So these, these different memories in Gemara, and the question is how you put them together, and that's how the Rambam is doing it per, per the Kesef Mishnah. So if you pay attention, if, you, if, you're, if you're noticing, none of these Makayras, the Mishnah, the Rambam, they never really ever fully address the vart of being able to have children, not being able to have children, but it sort of seems implied, and you see these uh, you know, casual references to a Saris. And historically, as like I said, that's the context. When you talk about a Saris, that that's what they did to many Sarisim. They just were Pegeya, Pitseya, they're Bayim. So, but it's never ever fully spelled out clearly. Kum Taisvis, Taisvis and Yavamis, on this line from, that we just quoted before from the Gemara, Shainli Allah Bayachas, so Frak Taisvis, Unlike the Taich the Kesef Mishnah Brothers, you said Elin Elabei Achas Kosher, but I thought we have other everywhere else it says that even Koshin of Tzube or Filo Achas Mehen. So what's this idea of one? And then the Taisus throws in a Kashiv. Oi, to be the Adam Nami, you know, try to distinction, make a distinction between the Shemam and the Adam Nami. Be the Adam Nami, Hachazinon, Kama Bnei Adam Shekarsin Mehen Beya Achas Umelidin. Taisus says we see that many people had one cut off. Doesn't say why, but that they had one cut off and they're still able to have children. So Taisus, for the first time, is throwing in a Shaila from the Metzias and. Jesus is asserting that the Metzius is that actually we've seen many people that lost one and were able to have children. It doesn't make sense to say that all oh, we have to suspect and accuse all of them as uh, where, where their children really come from. The Lashen, whatever it said, see the Rambam put it all together and said that's when the Mishnah says Niftza, when the Pasuk says Niftza, it includes Nechras, this, 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 this. So, no, the Pasuk says Petzua. The Mishnah says Niftza. If you take, if you just go and remove one entirely, Milet. And he gives a, uh, an equation, he equates it with Trefus by Tchoil, the spleen, that if Nitala Tchoil Kshera, but if the Tchoil is injured, then it's Trefa. So you could see this concept that. Uh, Having none is better than having uh, an injured one. I, Gemara also mentions Nichrasu. No, by Nichr, when the Gemara said Nichrasu, it only referred to both. But if Nichras, Achas, Kasher. So that's Rabbeinu Tam's original take on the Gemara. Then it brings in the Yerushalmi. There's Yerushalmi that also mentions, And then another Amrita says, Shleiman. What's Shleiman? Kumtirian says, You know what? I don't think it says Shleiman. I think it's really Shel Yamin. We know that in Rambam and earlier, earlier spellings, the Shin Lamed was attached to the word. The Shell was attached to the next word. Shell. It's not Shleiman, it's Shel Yamin. So Ebazoi, the Ri is Machadish that, yeah, okay, I can accept the word of Tom's vert in theory that maybe having one is okay, but only 
If you have the Shal Yemen and they remove the Shal Smoil, but if you have the Shal Smoil and they move, remove it to the Shal Yemen, then Vaiter. It says in Taisa, Chumra Gadayla, but Taiv Lahazar Haraifim, Laraifim, Lachtach Shal Smoilim Afshir. So the Taisa is already referring to some kind of Metzias where doctors were doing this, and that's why I was referring to Chazin and Kamabri Adam Shakarstaman Bey Achasum Elidin. Talking about the Raifim, and Taisa is concluding and saying that we should be Machmer. If we're going to go with Rabbeinu Tam, we mach will agree and tell the Reifim, Lachtach shall smile him after. So we're going to get to in a bit why, who were these Reifim, what were they doing, and why were they doing it? Okay, so so now we have a new now Rabbeinu Tam Teresus is introduced to some of some additional confusion here now about the Metzias. What is the Metzias, and how does that Metzias fit with this halach? And certainly the Sugis themselves are very unclear on this. You have Abavin, you have Yerushalmi, are they saying the same thing? Are they saying different things? And like I said, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds of the sugya, so we're going to try to discuss it without uh, getting too deep into those. Moving on to Shulchan Aruch, so Simon Hay, you learn Siv Beis, Ezu Petsu Adaka, Kol Shenifzu, Habayim Shalai, etc., etc. So the Beis Shmuel comments there and says, by the way, he comes and spells it out. He says, The whole point is that he's becheskas, that he can't have children. Again, the assumption here is vital that the person was not married yet, and he came to marry, and he wasn't supposed to marry. Rucham says in one of the scenarios that it's a suffix. There's another question if there's a refuah. Is there a potential for refuah? Some places can seem to think there's no refuah for Shafcha. But in Shas, sometimes it implies that there is a refuah for some of these things. And he says, and he concludes, So the assumption is, if you have any of these things as described in Allah, including Papashtas, Nitl, Be'a, Achas, Kind of children, If there are children, it's either Banu Ramzanim, you don't assume that it was Nisrape. Could be there's a potential to be Nisrape, but he has to come and prove that he was somehow Nisrape. That would be only be if, you know, it, it, somehow it's just Nika uh, Venistam, you're able to fix whatever was, was, uh, was bad. Now, so now what about the Rabbeinu Tam and the Rambam? These are these two interesting shittas. So, Siv Zayin. Mechaber doesn't even give Rabbeinu Tam the light of day. Doesn't give him air time. Nichnesu habei mayachas mehen aishinivtsa achas mehen aishinidoycha achas mehen aishichaser aishinikva piloshin of the Rambam. Arayz apostle. The end. Come to Rama and Rama says v'cheiniker udeloike yesh matinim balbei achas im hoisa oisa shnitla shleim akishinitla. Not if you're not those that are matter when you have one. If they talk, the one that removed was complete. Because that was Rabbeinu Tam's whole vart, that if it's complete and they remove it, then it's fine. And he throws in the requirement of Ri, that it has to be Dafka the Shal Yemen, that remains. But Lamaisa, right? Taisus already is testifying to the fact that people are doing this. So someone quotes a Sefer Atruma, Sefer Atruma says that everyone's relying on Rabbeinu Tam. Rama also says, True to his day, I see they're being mekel kasvara achreina. So something with doctors is still going on. So the Ramah says, no, no, no. So what are you talking about? When it comes to marriage and usher, people that are not allowed to get married, you're supposed to take it very seriously. It's not something to joke around with, not to take lightly. And he uses this lashon him, reiv minyan, reiv binyan. The Rabbeinu Tam is going up against everyone. Unusual lashon for the Ramah. Then in Sivyod. The Mechaber gets to 
this Indian of Bidei Shemayim. It's called Pisil, it's Kshloi Bidei Shemayim. But if the Oishachala includes Oishachala, he had an illness. Unusual for the Mechaber to throw in names. He does it every once in a while. Usually that means that something's up. He says, Then all of them are Kashlavabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabakalabak
Well, surgeries had been around forever. Obviously, there's different, uh, the history of surgery, the history of modern medicine, there's different phases and stages. We know that ancient medicine was basically holding strong till around the 1500s, perhaps. And from the 1500s and on, that's when there were some major new discoveries, and that's when they started questioning things and testing things and having new theories, etc., and things are moving slowly along. By the time you get to the 1700s, you're starting to see the beginnings, perhaps, of what looks like modern medicine today. And this, uh, this whole discussion is about a surgery, and from that we'll also understand some of what was going on even earlier in the, in the Middle Ages. Um, so the, the Kuntus is called the Gaius Bukaitis. He printed it. Rakhavamdin famously had his own printing press, and that, that allowed him to print whatever he wanted, uh, whether it was legally or illegally. Uh, sometimes you see he seems to fake the uh, location. They put like the fake location on the bottom in big letters, so it looks like it was printed uh, somewhere else. He does that here. He writes Bekushta Dina, which is a pun on Kastandina, but he's using the Aramaic of Kushta and Dina. So, but you see, he puts it in big letters, sort of to throw off uh, the scent. So uh, he printed this at the time of this controversy in the 1730s, and again many years later when he was older in the 1760s. Uh, with Hesophis. So what happened here in this uh, Gaius Bukaitis? So he says, the Gaius Bukaitis is here to make a seder in the Gansa Sugya of Sardis and Petsua and Nechras. But then, there's another paragraph just on the Sharabah to give you an idea of uh, how interesting this contrast is. He says, Gam and that Hashem can change the Teva and Hashem's Hashkacha, even in these Dairis. And we see how Chazal are right when they say things that seem strange, that the Chacham and Beinem are laughing at. And now we see, for example, Beheroyan Basula, the Ish Layada. Girl became pregnant without uh, being with a man. Where Chazal say things that seem strange, and even Misnagdenu uh, are admitting that things are true. So there's a whole another dimension going on here, where he's also uh, making the argument that uh, you know today we have certain lecturers that that's their whole kav, that's their whole derech talking about Chazal and stuff, and that Chazal knew the truth. So Yaakov Emden is doing uh, a version of that somehow in this country on Petzuadaka. So thanks to him, he actually preserved not only his own uh, take, but he preserved all the documents that relate to it. So uh, we're th- thanks to him. He, it begins like this. It's a shayla to the Rav of Hamburg. Yaakov wasn't a Rav. Yaakov wasn't a Rav most of his life. He was only a Rav in the city of Emden, Taka, for a few years. That's where he got the nickname Emden from. He actually wasn't happy about that nickname. And he you know, sort of asked people to stop using it. Obviously, it's still pretty popular. Although, you know, he signed his name Yaivitz. People call him the Yaivitz. Um, Yaakov ben Tzvi. Uh, but otherwise, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't the Rav. He was the person that made the Rav's life miserable. That was, uh, that was uh, more his type. Uh, so in this case, he's also doing a bit of that, although not too extreme. So the Rav in Hamburg at the time is in Chesed Katzen Ellenbeigen. Chesed Katzen Ellenbeigen is, I don't know, 30, 40 years older than him, so Shana Elter Rav. And he was asked the following question. He was asked about someone that had a chayli, shebeya yamanis shaloi ba b'taycha chayli shal sakana shekainin kalte brand. He has a, an illness called kalte brand, and the reifim decided they have to amputate, they have to cut it, they have to remove it, because habeya mechula, that's already getting eaten up, 
and they were concerned that the Kalta Bran shouldn't spread to the second Be'a, this person was already married, so does that mean that after he had the surgery that we have to be mafresh him from his wife, Kedim Petsuadaka? Now what is Kalta Bran? So I looked around to see if anybody explains properly what Kalta Bran is. I found that someone wrote an article a few years ago um, about uh, the decision to amputate in early modern Germany. So that's really the context there is how people went about deciding to go ahead with an amputation in a case like this. But along the way, she explains uh, that there's Heisebrand and Kaltebrand. Brand in German is fire. You see it in uh, Brandwand as a firewall. Brandwein is Yain Saraf. So Heisebrand means hot fire. Kaltebrand means cold fire. What's Pshat? So you look through the writings, there are a lot of medical writings from uh, throughout the years. So apparently, they're both referring to some kind of infection spreading through the body. Hesebrand is when it's gangrenous, when there's infection spreading, but the skin is turning red, it's getting infected, it's warm to the touch. So that's why it was called the hot fire. Kaltebrand is after that, and I guess nowadays we probably wouldn't allow it to get that far, but back then things would get that far, and that's when it starts turning black and blue, and it's cold to the touch, essentially dead, but still attached to the person. That was a term that was used, kaltebrand, the cold fire, which also spreads and is even worse. And usually when you have kaltebrand, that meant you have to amputate as soon as possible. Hopefully it is still, it's still distant from the more sensitive parts of the body, and so here the person had the Kaltebrand already in a pretty sensitive part of the body and it's close to the rest of the body so that's what was happening here so is essentially being asked this question they removed one what's the din if you remove one so it begins by quoting Shulchan Aich Simen Hei Das Reif Paiskim Pasu Benechtach Be'yachas Ramaz says maybe if the initial Yaman is kosher Benetam Ri Toiv Lahachmer the question is, can we say that this is a case of choyli? Most pais can say that it's no good, that he's so dark, but the Rambam, and whoever agrees with the Rambam is matir. And some want to pass him like the Rambam. The question is also, is the Rambam even talking about a case like this? Because here, ultimately, the doctors then amputated, the doctors then removed it. So would that even count as, uh, as what the Rambam was talking about or not? That's part of the question. He wants to say, no, in this case, it was in such bad shape before that the Rambam, it would zikr be considered as if he already lost it. Now the doctors just went ahead and removed the thing that was completely dead. So it should be called Chayli according to the Rambam. So that's, that goes into a pilpul. Um, and then he tries to essentially say that there's already precedent. He quotes some shivas before him. Uh, they also were dealing with these questions. He wants to say that... Uh, you have Rabbeinu Tam on the one hand, he has one, so Rabbeinu Tam says that it's fine. And you have the Rambam, because it was Kaltebrand, so they had to remove it anyway. So between the Tam and between the Rambam, Yesh Litzadah Lahatir, that Lebal Lechafais, we're not going to force them Legadish or Lifresh, and we're connected, we're going to use the Rambam, we're going to use Rabbeinu Tam, even though each is a Yachid, but uh, we should tell them that Look, it's Taka Shaila, it's not so Pasha, Machnisan is Atzman, Besafik Isidar Aisa. We told the couple that, you know, it's, all, it's on them. But if they, they don't care, we're not going to force them to do anything. But then Rabbi Cheskel says, Mia Noichi Umani, who am I? 
Isra Lav Dairaisa, so I want other Lamdim in our Kehillah to get on board. So who does he mean by Lamdim in his Kehillah? So the next shiva we have is from someone by the name of Reb Shamshin Blach, or Reb Shamshin Chassid. And he's the author of the Tesis Chadashim and Mishnai. So if you look in the Vilna Mishnai, you see Tesis Chadashim. I, I remember seeing it. I never thought about who the author is too much. It was this Reb Shamshin Blach. He was not a Rav. He had what was called a Klois. Klois was, I guess, the uh, precursor to a Kail, and that they sat and learned for years, and that was it. It was not uh, no practical uh, shtela. Um, and apparently he was a very original uh, thinker. So come to the Shamshim Blach, and he says, so first he wrote Hasagas, ten Hasagas, responding to the way Yerbechesko wrote, and then he wrote his own Shiva. Okay, we'll skip the Hasagas, let's just uh, go to his Shiva. He says, I was asked as well, what's the case? They, they took his right one. Can you matter his, his wife? Or does he have to be Meganesher? So he goes, starts going through, you have this Gemara, you have the Rambam, you have Benutam. He wants to argue very strongly that the Rambam, even Beferish holds, that if the doctor felt the need to cut it, that would also count as part of Chayli. Never mind that in this case it was already completely lost, so it was Chayli to begin with, that, it was, it was, it was, that part of his body was lost. And then you have Rabbi Nutam, and he's... Besides quoting them, he's also sort of leaning towards them and saying, yeah, each one's Farshtan in the Sugiyas, Taka makes a lot of sense, and a lot of different Bishayim agree with them. Uh, sometimes it's in the presentation, but that's how he's presenting it. And then he goes into this, and he says, Gam he makes a whole task out of it in his Chumah. Gam b'dereinu, harayfim, v'kama b'reodim idim sheyucha lohelet. So he, Rechaz got to know, but was also didn't really get into that question that Rabbeinu Tam raised. Shamshim Blach, Mamash takes it head on. He says, the Reifim and people, everyone says that they can have children. He says, I spoke to a Reifim Echel Mumcha Mefersim. He was 83 years old, which I guess is Taka Big Zakan for those days, but he had a lot of experience. And he told me the Fitumai. I was schmoozing with him. I didn't tell him why I'm asking. I just uh, you know, chatted him up and I started schmoozing about this, this topic, this question. And uh, I was talking about other things and I brought the conversation to this and he told me that he dealt with a hundred patients. Some were Nimoilim, some were Arelim. And he's done this procedure that we're discussing here. And he said that he doesn't always have to remove the Beya. Depends on the Maka. Also depends if you want to completely heal your problem or not. You want a temporary uh, refua, you could do it without. But regardless of what he did, he says, Kulam Haylidu Acherkach. He told me, said there was a guy, an Ashir, and Hirba uh, Betashmish until he had a kilkel on the Bayim and they removed one. And then he continued and he had many more children from multiple women. Beautiful. Mashenke, when he removed two, then Loyoilid, and the hair fell out, and the voice changed, so I guess maybe perhaps even after puberty. But Bebeachas, he said, Loyoishtana Bashim Dover. Said, why? Because when you remove one, so you just close up one, so everything transfers to the other one, you have Kayach Kiflayim. That's what this doctor claimed. I actually looked it up, wanted to know, uh, because Slavdavka, either side over here, is medicine and medicinal knowledge is correct. There was actually a study in 1990-1991, comparative study of the fertility potential of men with only one testes, and apparently uh, the bottom line is that there is a considerable decrease 
infertility fertility potential, but of course they could have children, but just, it is less. So with that, Dr. Klein was also going a little too far. So he says, aha, so if this is the Metzias, so then we have to tie it into the Gemaras, we have to tie it into the Sugias. Sir, otherwise, how, how does anything make sense here? Batson. And he told me there's a the difference between right and left. He says, how can we makhish the chush? I, the famous Rashba, when it comes to Trefus, this question came up with Trefus. Chazal say all kinds of things are Trefus, which means it's a literal statement, they won't live. If you see the Poyal Mamish, they do live. So Rashba famously said, we don't talk about it, we don't ask any questions, we stick to whatever Chazal said. If Chazal say Trefus, Trefus, no questions asked. So is not the press, and he says, no. That's Rashba, he said it over there. He says clearly, we are trying to make everything fit with what the Reifim are saying. He says, and he says, that's what the Ramam. The Ramam said what he said that had to do with that. He saw that they were having children. How that fits into the Ramam exactly. And we should, somebody should say sometimes that we should rely on the Ramam in these cases. And uh, they have Rabbeinu Tam. So between Ramam and Rabbeinu Tam, I, the Ramah, not the Ramah here. There's the Ramah in, uh, in Simon Gimel that we mentioned at the beginning of the year. I was talking about the period of Redivia, that uh, we don't force people anymore to divorce to, for period of Redivia or to marry for period of Redivia. So we, we leave people, we don't meddle into this aspect of people's lives so much anymore. And then he says that I, I know people here in Hamburg. There are people that they had one removed and they had children afterwards. As I called them and I spoke to them and they told me their story how they were a kid. So now, what's the context there? And we're going to have to pause. The context is hernias. So in this article about the history of orchidectomy, it says that the inguinoscrotal hernia, which means uh, many hernias, a hernia is uh, you know, something, uh, the kishkes fall out of place. The question is, where they fall out of place? So for many people, they fall taka, into that area of the groin, the makayma kiss. So a lot of people had hernias amol. So we know amol back in Russia, they wore kilobendal, so they slept around uh, for the rest of their lives. They never actually healed it. But for actually hundreds of years, taka going back to the time of Rabbeinu Tam, the Reifim were healing these inguinoscrotal hernias by opening the kiss, removing one of the bayim, and then uh, sticking it back, uh, sticking the stomach back in or whatever, sewing it up, and bite the So that is what Rabbeinu Tam was talking about. Rabbeinu Tam was saying that they're moilet. And now Rabbi Shem Shablach is doing that same thing again. He's doing his own research. And he's saying, this one, had a, this one had one, and this one had one. He's going through and bringing uh, examples. And, and here in this article it says that... This is a quote a doctor from the 1300s that says, a satisfactory herniotomy cannot be performed without castration. It was considered a dover poshet to the doctors in Europe in the Middle Ages, that if you want to heal the hernia, talk like he was calling the doctor before, you, you don't want to just uh, hold it in place. You want to heal it, it involves removing. And this was like a dover poshet for hundreds and hundreds of years, and some tried healing it with skipping it and it never seemed to work. And then he said, this article says, surgical practice then became split between the academic surgeons who based their practice on anatomical knowledge and tried to develop new surgical techniques. 
failing which they controlled hernia with trusses. So they just they stopped doing it. They they stopped doing the surgery. They felt it was ridiculous. So you have to hold it in place. But then you had the gelders. The gelders were people. It's a word in English for people. Literally, that's their Indian that they castrate. The gelders continued to castrate many children and adults in the course of repairing their rupture. And finally, as time went on, people started getting fed up and said, what are you doing? What's going on over here? It finally ended in the late 18th century. The end of the 1700s, it finally ended. But this is going on from the 1200s, I guess, whenever I didn't look up the exact date of the time, 11, 1200s, through the end of the 1700s, past Rabbi Yaakov, and the past this whole controversy, there was still, every time someone had a hernia in this area, the doctors opened them up, and this, this in Germany, where they had somewhat supposedly better medical care. I'm assuming, like I said, in Eastern Europe, there's probably less of that. But anyway, so Psham Shemblach, on the one hand, is embracing science and saying they're which apparently seems to be true. On the other hand, he's also embracing the idea that you have to do, this, is, this is the surgery that you have to do. So he's saying, why are we having this whole argument about this, this guy, that Kalte Brand, which is much more unusual? What about all the hundreds of Yidin that have been getting this procedure for all these years? No one's talking about them. You're, you're, you're going to be machmer on this guy. What about everyone else? They were married. They got married afterwards. They were married before. So because of this, he made this dramatic argument that, like you said, you have to make the, the halacha come in line with what the doctors say. And Ramele, he says, If you're can even proactively go and marry because he has this whole argument that I'm making. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, if Itaka comes and asks what to do, it would be hard to say what to do. We don't have Giyaris, really, Kamara Giyaris. But Giyaris, we don't have Giyaris in here. And Pirvidiv is a big mitzvah, and he can have children. And all the doctors say that he, they're able to have children. So, uh, whatever. It's you know, tricky, but he's leaning towards saying it should be fine. And if someone has a hernia and he wants to go to the doctor to have this procedure, and he asks, can I have this procedure? You should be matter. On the other hand, is the procedure even necessary? Because it also can sometimes bring the day sakana. But on the other hand, once you actually do the procedure, then you're as good as new. So these are questions that are tzarechi, and he ends with these questions, but you see where he's leaning. And that was Rabshim Shemblach. And this is what Satri Biakim Emden off to go completely the other way, sign Allah, sign Metzius, and I guess we'll have to uh, leave that for another time. Shalos.